Welcome to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. If you're struggling to stay ahead of your daily life challenges, you will want to listen close as Eva and her guests will help you address the most important priorities first. Now, here's your host, Eva Medelec. Hello, everyone. I'm Eva Medelec, and I am really excited for our show today. Today, my guest, Dr. Judith Rich, will be talking about how conditions in our world today have erased our comfort zones. We've got pandemics, wars, racism, and how we're left with the need to redesign and redefine who we are and how we get to operate in the world. So Dr. Rich is a pioneering teacher in the field of transformation and consciousness. She's an accomplished transformational and leadership development trainer with nearly 50 years experience in training facilitation, personal executive coaching, and public speaking. So she's very new at this, only 50 years. (laughs) But Judith's international best-selling book, Beyond the Box, Lean Out, Break Free, Rise Up, published in 2018, is about developing the tools to reinvent oneself build courage, and create a brave new life beyond what is already known, safe, and comfortable. And boy, do we need that today. So welcome, Judith. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Eva. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you because you and I have had many juicy discussions in the past as I've been a guest on your podcast as well. Yes. But let's let's get the, the, the listeners, I should say, a little bit familiar with you and, and who you are. Like, who is Dr. Judith Rich? What an interesting question. I wonder how I'm going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably every time I'm asked that question, I come up with a different answer because, you know, I think who we are is who we are in the moment. So what comes up for me in this moment is A... I'm an octogenarian. Congratulations. Thank you. I turned 80 years old this year. And I, it's like, I can't even believe that myself. It's like, what? (laughs) So, you know, the fact that I've been uh, on the planet for 80 years and around the block a few times, uh, born in 1942, two months after Pearl Harbor, I have seen a lot of change. I've seen, uh, you know, I've, I've been through several wars. Um, I, you know, I've seen a lot of economic ups and downs. My whole, my personal life has kind of mirrored all of that. I've been through a, a couple of marriages and divorces and, you know, the sort of requisite things that a lot of people, by the time they get to be my age, have experienced. But probably that my primary identity, other than being a, a, a mother and a grandmother, which are the two things closest to my heart, uh, is the work that has been at the center of my life, my professional life, for close to 50 years, which is, I'll call it the work of transformation and leadership. I think those two things really go together. So... Um, around the mid-1970s, 1975, I was introduced to transformational work. And the moment I the moment I set foot in a room where transformational work was happening, 
a little voice in me said, kind of whispered very softly, your home. And I didn't really totally get it or understand it at the time because I didn't have a framework or a context for it. But now, close to 50 years later, I've been in that, I've been in that context all these years. And so it, it's absolutely true that my home is about creating environments where human beings get to come and unpack themselves, you know, like unpack their stories, become aware of their, their belief systems, become aware of their limiting beliefs. What is it really that, that, you know, they want and they desire for their life? And what is it that is in the way for them? What, what have they, what, what is operating at an unconscious level in a human which stands in the way of them proceeding at the conscious level to create the the kind of life that they want. So my work is really about getting into the gap with people, really me getting in there with them, inviting them to get in their own gap between where they currently are and where they see themselves and where they want to be and, and the kind of life that they want to be living, getting into the gap and unpacking what's in there, you know, what's in there that really works on your behalf and what is in there that's working against you to keep you from creating the life you want to be living. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I'm about. Well, yeah, I guess after doing this work for 50 years, it becomes a part of who you are for sure. Yeah. But I'm curious when you first stepped into the transformational room, as you say, mm-hmm. how did you get into the room? Like, what were you experiencing in your life at that time that led you to that moment where you had the opportunity for this transformational experience? Yeah, that's a really great question. I was in a marriage at the time. I was in my second marriage married to a man 15 years older than I with two, two little children. And the marriage was, we were struggling. And so we were, we, uh, he, he did the work. He did the transformational work before I did. And when he came out of it, I saw some really interesting changes in him. And I, you know, and he was 15 years older than I, I put it in the past tense because he passed away 16 years ago after being sick with Alzheimer's for 10 years. So, you know, there's a whole story right there. I was holding his hand when he took his last breath. Mm. So although we'd been divorced for 30 years, I was with him when he took his last breath, which just tells you a little bit about our relationship. But, you know, he was the catalyst for me because he had done the work before, I saw some promising uh, openings and developments for him. And I wanted to go find out for myself. So that's how I got there. I got there out of curiosity. I also got there out of a quote unquote problem or some issues that I was searching for the answers to. One of which was, who the heck am I? You know, I, I, I went from being my father's daughter, to getting married right out of college, to becoming someone's wife, 
being in and out of that marriage in a year and a half, knowing that was not, knowing as I walked down the aisle, this is not what I want to be doing, but not having the courage to turn around and and go in the opposite direction. I'm going to say something very similar uh, in response to that. In my first marriage, I had the same feeling and I started introducing him as my first husband (laughs) while we were still married. (laughs) You know, Judith, when you know, you know, right? right. (laughs) And I knew, I knew. And so, you know, I, you know, it, that kind of thing where I tried to make it work and, you know, but I, I just, I was 21 years old. I didn't know anything. I had no clue how to be a wife. I didn't even know who I was. So I was out of that marriage. I was like propelled out of that marriage, like being blown out of a uh, a rocket ship. Okay. And so now as I, as I'm introduced to transformational work, I'm in my second marriage and I'm married to a lovely man, a beautiful man, a wonderful man. I still adore him. He, he still is, you know, I, I realize now he was the love of my life. I didn't get it at the time, but at any rate, um, so I, you know, I went, I, I began doing the work so that I could really figure out who I was and what did I want with my life. So that's the story about how I got in the room. So why transformational work and not therapy? Well, it was both and for me because we were in couples therapy. So we were doing couples therapy at the time. And that's for the marriage, I would assume. Yes. What about for finding out who you are in individual therapy? Well, I didn't do individual therapy and I was using couples therapy to find out who I was. And when I did the training, that was when I came undone. That was when it all just exploded out of me. So I, uh, you know, therapy was, I, I blew myself past therapy into a whole other realm of awareness and understanding about who I am and what I wanted was freedom. Wow. What I wanted was freedom. There was an experience in that, in that room, in that first level of that training where what just exploded out of me was I want to be untethered and free. And this was a problem because I was married and I had two, two small children. So it took me two more years to work my way through what was really true for me, you know, to complete that marriage. And I, I speak about it in terms of a completed marriage. And we, we, you know, we really did finish the work. We shared custody of our daughters for 12 years. So for 12 years, they were with me for two weeks. They were with him for two weeks The kids went back and forth and back and forth. And that was just how our life was until they finally reached a point in high school with my oldest daughter graduating, going on to college. And the younger one wanted to just live with her father because he lived close to their school and she was close to all of her friends and all of that. So that was really kind of where that plan kind of came to completion. And then I was by then in another chapter of my life. 
You know, um, I'm curious about transformational work because I had never heard of it. And when I did, I thought it was a cult or, you know, you, you hear things from other people. There, there's so many um, opportunities that people can do transformational work in. Uh, and the one that I was familiar with uh, first was Landmark. And I saw people come back from that and they, and I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So for certain, certain people and specifically certain socioeconomic groups, that's just not something that's on our radar, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, but eventually I did get to do the work of, of transformation and it was truly, truly life-saving and transformative. I mean, it's no joke. It is transformative. Yes. And I believe that everyone can benefit from this work. Having been a trainer, you've been a trainer in this work for over 50 years. Who would you say this work is for? And who is it not for when it comes to doing the work of transformation? Because it may not be for everyone. I feel everyone could benefit, but I know there are people that maybe have some mental conditions or, or something like that, yeah. where this wouldn't be a benefit to them. Right, right. And that's one of the things that is required of anyone taking this work, that if they are under the care of a therapist, you know, if they're, if they've had psychiatric, you know, uh, episodes or issues in the past, they need to have a, a therapist or a doctor's signature. You know, we want to know if people are on certain kind of medications you know, it's not for pregnant women. I mean, there are certain people that it's not for just simply for um, because there are elements of it that are mentally and emotionally stressful. So if someone has, you know, fragility in their physical, like a lot of a lot of people just don't have the physical capacity to be active. It's an intense experience. I mean, it really requires a 100% full-on, full-in commitment. And everybody doesn't certainly come to it with that kind of a mindset. But who is it for? I would say it's for basically people who are A, healthy. I mean, you know, just let's just check the boxes for basically physically healthy. You know, basically mentally, mentally healthy. Um it's not for people who are dealing with addictions and things like that. If you're dealing with an addiction, this is not for you. Now, it can be for you when you get on the other side of your addiction, but it's it's not designed to be treating people or dealing with people who are actively addicted. So I would say the ideal person for this kind of work is someone who is curious, who is open, who's adventurous who has a sense and a feeling that there's more to who they are, that there's more available to them in their life than what they're currently experiencing, that they, you know, they desire deeper connections. They desire intimacy, you know, a greater level of intimacy in their relationships. They desire uh, to experience more joy and passion in life. And maybe they just feel a little bit numbed out by by life, by circumstances. You know, people 
basically, I think, come into this kind of work feeling and thinking that the circumstances of their life are responsible for how they feel and how their life is. And what they come to discover is their own agency, the agency that that people, the autonomy, the authority as a human being that's undeveloped, or I should say, let me say potential, right? So this is really about discovering and developing your undeveloped potential. Beautifully put. Yeah. Beautifully put. Because I, I think the the danger is that some people think that something's wrong with them and they need this transformational work to fix it. At least, you know, that could be some people's perception. I know when I tried to share my experience in, in transformation, I think that's what people heard, or maybe that's what, you know, my communication wasn't clear enough. They're like, no, 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 no. You know, it's really, you know, we... <sighs> we're not a product of our circumstances. We are a product of our decisions. Mm -hmm. And one thing I know about this transformational work is the level of responsibility along with the agency and autonomy mm -hmm. that we get to, um, to level up yes. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Right. Right. And really know that we have the power to make decisions that determine the tra tra trajectory, I can yes. say that, of our lives. So, oh, so this true. is such great information. And I love that you get to share the, the detail of transformational work. So we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, I want to dive into your book, Beyond the Box, Lean Yay. Out, Break Free, Rise Up. You know, it's a powerful message. And I want to talk about how we can apply it today. So stay with us, everybody. There's much more to come from the amazing Dr. Judith Rich. And we'll be back after this short break. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. 
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Judith Rich, who is the author of the book, Beyond the Box, Lean Out, Break Free, Rise Up. So, Judith, what is this book about? Talk to us, girl. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, let's talk about what is the box, beyond the box. What box are we talking about? So what we're talking about, basically, the box is a euphemism for comfort zone. So what is beyond the comfort zone? In order to find out, you have to lean out, which is the opposite of leaning in. So I wanted to make that very explicit because, you know, all the all the the uh, the jargon is about leaning in but in order to get beyond the box you must lean out you must break free break free of what break free of all your conditioning your limiting beliefs you know the stories that you've grown up with the uh, the patterns and the habits um, the characteristics and qualities that are kind of grooved in that keep us frozen and locked inside the box and afraid to really risk breaking out. It's about leaning out, breaking free, and then rising up. So what are we rising up into? We're rising up into an environment or the cultural conditions which do not welcome us being uncomfortable. We're not encouraged. We're not invited to learn how to be uncomfortable, even though the context in which we live collectively, particularly right now, because change is happening so rapidly, it is it is imperative that we learn how to become, are you ready for this? Comfortable being uncomfortable, learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So that was really the inspiration for me writing the book was, was an impulse that I have around really enrolling people, come on out and play, come on out beyond the boundaries of what is known and safe and predictable. Come on out into the learning zone, into the unknown zone. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. It will be, but get over it. Come on. You make it sound like so much fun. And it reminds me of, you know, graduating um, grade school and going into high school or graduating middle school and going into high school. And that first day as a freshman is so scary and you want to die and you've got braces and pimples and and the whole thing. And then you find your groove and it's fun, but getting outside of our comfort zones, my dear, is scary AF. How do we do this? Well, here's the deal. We already are. Well, yeah, the pandemic certainly helped. Well, yeah, we shove are. us out of that and, box. And the point <laughs> of the book, the point of my book is 
that we're already there. Um, you, you know, the, the comfort zone uh, on a collective level, our comfort zones have been blown to smithereen. There is no more comfort zone, really. Now we could say, well, it was this or was that, it was this administration, it was this president, it was that political ideology, it was the pandemic, it was the whole thing that's going on in, you know, in the US today around women's reproductive rights or its gun rights, or, you know, we could name a gazillion things that are going on in the culture and in the collective none of which are comfortable. And so uh, my my point here is give up the idea of being comfortable, give it up. And here's the thing though, not that it's, it's not always fun. I'm not saying it's always fun. I, in the, in the book, I, I make an analogy to, it's like being on a trapeze, flying high above the circus floor and there's no net right? And so you're swinging back and forth on the trapeze. And somewhere out there is another trapeze artist that's going to catch you, you know, because the whole thing about the trapeze is that you fly out and then you let go of the trapeze and you fly through space and you're caught by another trapeze artist. However, there's that moment in time when you've let go of the old trapeze and you're flying through the air and you're literally in free fall. And before you're caught by the other trapeze artist in that space of free fall, that's where we are. Mm. That's where we are. Okay. Okay. We, we are in the age of uncertainty. And it's not fun or comfortable to be in the age of uncertainty because human beings are addicted to certainty. We want predictability, we want known, we want safe, we want comfortable, we want certainty. And that's not what we live in. So we best fashion ourselves to be creatures who can deal with and navigate in uncertainty and discomfort. And of course, like anything else, the more we do that, the more familiar we get with being uncomfortable the more we become comfortable being uncomfortable. In fact, I'll tell you a little secret here. If I'm not a little bit uncomfortable, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm bored. I, I'm, I'm completely not, bored. You know, I, I feel bored. you on that. It's yeah, like, I, where's the challenge? Where's right. the creativity? Where do we get to problem solve? Where do we get to exactly. figure this out? And I, I feel like know? I'm I'm missing something. My life, I'm not, I'm not up to what's possible. Yeah, okay. And that, so. ladies and gentlemen, is why she's a fabulous octogenarian. <laughs> because she's she's in the creative space of being present and 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 challenging and stretching constantly. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm 80. And for my 80th birthday, I decided to start a podcast. So that was that was my 80th. That is my 80th birthday, sort of, if you will, legacy project. And it's kind of it grew out of the book because mm -hmm. the podcast is the new beyond. So once we're beyond the box, now what? Where do we go from there? Well, we're in the new beyond. So, so that's what's possible for us beyond the box. What, what's the possibilities? 
of breaking out of our comfort zone. Oh my God. I mean, creativity, you know, like curiosity. We were talking, you know, before we started recording this about bringing curiosity rather than judgment to our relationships. And I would say bringing cure. Look, if we could bring curiosity to this moment in life that we're in right now, particularly in America, I know, you know, probably not all of your listeners of this show are necessarily in America, but for those of us in the U.S. right now, we are in some, we, you know, the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. No, we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, we are living in interesting times. <laughs> yes, we are definitely living in interesting times. So we I win. <laughs> Pardon? We win. <laughs> we got the most interesting times <laughs> we, ever. We right definitely now. do. But what if we could bring curiosity to this time? What if we could be about looking for the potential of this time? What is the unmet, undeveloped, unlived potential within each one of us that we could bring to this moment, that we could bring to our relationships, that we could bring to the national conversations that we're in right now, you know, on all of the various subjects that are heavy and intense. And I know producing a lot of disruption and chaos and emotions and all of that. We're kind of all over the map right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought about the time when, gosh, when I turned 50, which seemed like so old 12 years ago when I turned 50. <laughs> but um, at, I was working as a dental hygienist in San Francisco and I was downside. And my boss called me, called me into her office, told me my salary was being cut, my days were being cut. And I had just booked a fabulous 50th birthday trip for myself. And I had been a dental hygienist for over 30 years. Talk about getting out of the comfort zone. And it's like, oh my God, what do I do next? I was going on interviews. I was the oldest one going on interviews. I had to dumb myself down to, to try to not be as old as I actually was. And I realized in that moment that it was an opportunity for me to figure out what's next for my life, Mm -hmm. because physically it would be challenging on my neck and shoulders and back to be a hygienist for the rest of my life. And I wanted more control over um, building wealth, which doesn't happen as an employee. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I realized that I had to break out of the comfort zone of being in dentistry since I was 16 years old. Well, 14 actually was my first job in the dental office to find the new beyond the box for me, what was next for me. And I knew that I wouldn't find it right away, that I would have to try certain things, see what worked, what didn't work, what the, the lesson learned and moved on. And then when I think about where I was then to where I am now and just the possibilities that opened up for me just by being kind of kicked out of the box, if you will. (laughs) And sometimes life will do that to you, right? Oh, for sure. (laughs) I think if we don't leave on our own, which most of the time we don't, we do get kicked out. Mm -hmm. I think that life inevitably will kick us out because we are meant, there are certain things we are meant to discover, to experience certain uh, capacities that we're meant to develop in ourselves. 
And most of that doesn't happen when we're in the box, when we're comfortable, when we're safe, when we settle for what's predictable. Mm. So when we don't initiate our own adventures outside the box, life definitely. Life will do it for you. Life life will kick us out. Yep. Yep. And what will happen if we don't, if we don't get out, we don't break out of our comfort zones. We don't evolve. What do do you see in all your years of experience that people who just, I'm sure you've seen it all, just can't, they can't get over the fear of what might be out there? Well, there's a certain quality of life that's available to us when we stay in the box. And I know plenty of people, and I'm sure you do too, family members. I mean, I have family members who have really stayed in a very, I would say, played their lives on a very defined, rather small playing field. And because that's what they wanted. I mean, that's what they chose. I have certainly attempted to be a catalyst for my family members to break out and go beyond. And I have been met with such resistance from certain family members that I'm like, okay, you know, you get to have, you get to have what you want. I'm just saying in my experience, there's a certain quality of life that, you know, that people have when they stay kind of in the, when they live their whole lives going down like one path and they stay on that one path and they never veer, they never take any side roads. They never look to see what's on, you know, over the next mountain, you know, there's just a certain quality of life. And it's not the quality of life that I came to live. You know, I came, I'm very clear about this. I came to live a big, juicy, adventurous, creative life. I came to life to be uncomfortable and to encourage others to be uncomfortable. In fact, the very first training I ever did, I was seven years old. I ever led as a trainer. I was seven years old. Wow. <laughs> and wow. I share about this in my book. I used to, when I was a kid, um, I used to clean out my parents' garage and I would borrow. We had a neighbor who owned a hospital equipment supply rental company. And I used to go to them and ask to borrow chairs. Back then they had these wooden folding chairs. Remember those really uncomfortable. So they used to loan me chairs. I'd bring them over and line them up in rows in my parents' garage, invite the neighborhood kids over and get up in front of them and say, well, who'd like to share? Because I was curious. I was curious about what are people doing with their lives? You know, and they would share about kid stuff, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, roller skating, ballet lessons, dancing lessons, you know, summer vacations. They scared about, they shared about kid content of stuff. And when I realized, I mean, I didn't even realize this for many decades later, that's actually what I was doing. (laughs) From age seven, I was standing in front of a room of people seated in chairs, inviting them to come forward and share their personal experiences. So, you know, I think it has been built in me. And I, I do, I truly do believe that's the calling that was, you know, placed on my heart when I, that I came in with. 
And I have been aligned and true to that my, my entire life and calling others forth to discover what is your calling? Who did you come to the planet to be? You know, we need and- people like you. I mean, you know, if we, if we look to the people that we surround ourselves with as we are in those formative years, which is mostly our families, right? Our parents. Yeah. yeah. If I didn't have other role models and other people in my life that showed me a different way as possible other than my parents, I wouldn't be addicted to travel. Like we never took family vacations. We never really traveled. I think twice in my entire childhood. And that was, um, no, I think one family vacation, we did a weekend in Toronto or Montreal or something like that. And, and I remember I, what I recall is seeing what a narrow world view Mm-hmm. my parents have because mm-hmm. they only stayed where they were comfortable, right? Where they knew where there was right. family, they would never be adventurous and see how other cultures lived, how other people lived to explore other places other than where I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, or right. where my dad grew, grew up in Bisco, right. North Carolina. And I knew from an early age, I wanted to experience something different. And that when I had children, I would make sure that they got to experience something different, that they got to live with other cultures and, you know, and not just go like, I grew up on the East Coast. So it was like when we traveled on vacation, it would, would be the Bahamas or an island and lay on a beach. And I'm like, no, I took my kids, each of them, when they turned I think, 13 or 14, they got to pick anywhere in the world they go alone with mom. And Ooh. we went to Prague with Kayla Beautiful. And never been. And and England with Hillary. But that was just so important. You know, that trip to Prague, my daughter hated school and she hated learning. And we did a historical tour of Prague. And she was addicted ever since to reading and learning. So beautiful. Anyway, I wanted to share that. We're going to take another short break. When we come back, I want to hear from you more about the challenges we as leaders are facing today and what is the new beyond for leaders and how we can lead effectively with this, this shift outside our leadership box, if you will. So stick with us guys. We'll be right back. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. 
Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Okay, we are back with Dr. Judith Rich. And Judith, I couldn't help but notice the intro to the, to the, the segment was we don't follow, we lead, which leads us to my next um, area that I want to talk to you about. You know, we talk about the power of personal development and transformation, but I want to talk about what's required of today's leaders, because in the opening segment, we talked about transformation and leadership. Leadership is definitely being called to a new, to a new level. Leaders who are not being present to the temperature of their communities and the effect at, that the world changes are having on their communities, to me, is not living up to what a leader should be. So what do leaders need to know, need to do, need to um, be aware of to be true leaders in this transformational world that we are in right now? You know, underneath all of the disruption and the chaos and the intense emotions that are just, that we're all swimming in uh, right now and have been actually for a long time, certainly with issues like racism and all the various things we're facing, you know, as leaders, uh, we need to, we can't ever lose sight of our humanity, Mike, of our humanity. We, we, it's easy to forget. And I think our leaders have forgotten that we're human beings and that, you know, when, when we begin to look upon people as something other than human, when we dismiss each other's humanity and we start to speak into stereotypes and judgments and, you know, and, and we're speaking through anger and frustration, we get caught up, we get swept up in the conflict. Leaders really need to have skills to know how to be in conflict. And the most important skill, I think, is learning how to listen, learning how to listen to each other. We don't know how to listen to each other. You know, I, I, there's an interesting, I came across an interesting um, concept from a woman named Lori Collins. She might be a great person for you to have on your radio show. She's an organi organizational development and leadership specialist. And she, I saw her give a talk and it just, it rang, it checked so many boxes for me. I want to share it with your listeners. She talks about something called becoming a loyal antagonist. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. 
Okay, so here's how she defines it. It's a friendship between two people with irreconcilable differences who, for whatever reason, want to have regular conversations with someone outside of their political tribe. So we are so, you know, in our in our tribal boxes that we don't talk with anybody outside of our tribe. We don't think we can talk with anybody. We've got a we've got a mindset that we're so polarized. And now I'm speaking right now about Americans. We're in a narrative, a collective narrative that we as Americans are so polarized we can't even talk to each other. And as long as we remain true to that narrative, nothing can change. Nothing can happen. So we need to break through that story and remember who we are. First and foremost, we are human beings. So she tells us she has a wonderful um, YouTube video where she shares about an experiment. This is Lori Collins, who shares about an experiment that she did as an organizational development specialist, where she brought together a group of 20 uh, rather prominent people, young people in their 30s and 40s. One of them was a former Obama White House official. Uh, there were Republican congressional leadership staffers. There were independent presidential candidates, a Trump administration appointee, the, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, um, and libertarian tech executives. She brought 20 of these people together, put them in a retreat setting for three days up in the mountains of Maryland. And with the intention of developing them as loyal antagonists. So, you know, people who volunteer to come together to listen to hear and be heard with people they would never be in the same room with otherwise. And what came out of that experience was, you know, first day of tension and discomfort and people feeling awkward and kind of separate and disconnected from each other. But by the end of that first day, they had taken walks together. They had shared meals together. They had drank wine together. They sat around a, a campfire together. So things started to get a little, you know, they began to be humans with each other. And by the third day that they were together, they decided it was time for them to really roll up their sleeves and take on the hot button issues. Things, you know, that we've talked about, things like racism, things like immigration, things like healthcare issues. Um, things like entitlement and so entitlements and so forth. Now, this was before this recent Roe v. Wade decision that's come down that's just exploded. But, you know, if we were doing that today, we'd certainly throw that in the mix as well. And where, where they expected to find maybe yelling and conflict, what they found instead was respectful conversations, was a willingness to for people to change their mind was a willingness to make concessions um, was curiosity. Here's the, that word again, mm -hmm. that people came together out of curiosity instead of judgment. And so um, 
what they discovered was what they share, what they have in common, you know, their willingness to be empathetic, their willingness to seek understanding, their willingness to really hear and connect, you know, underneath all of our ideology and our religions and our politics and all of that, we are human beings who want to be seen, who want to be heard, who want to be understood, who want to be accepted across the board. doesn't matter what your ideology is. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Most conflict happens when people don't feel seen, heard, or respected. That's right. And when we learn to listen, listening is one of the primary um, components or foundation of creating safe, inclusive environments. Yes. Yes. It all starts with listening. I love how aligned we are in so many things. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying not to scream. I'm like, yes, girl, preach. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it going on. And what was what was the the how she said was it willful antagonist what was a loyal, loyal antagonist loyal now, there antagonist. was another interesting concept she her son came up with she borrowed that her son borrowed this is a made up word he calls this term cultivating the caress k a r a s s it's a total made up word but here's what that is and you and i have been in groups like this It's a spontaneously forming group joined by unpredictable links that actually get stuff done. Mm. It's a network of people that does God's will without ever knowing it. So how do I interpret that? You know, you and I have been in many groups like this, you know, a diverse group of people that have come together to, to do the right thing, to love, to connect, to support you know, we could say, you know, whatever, whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs are, some people would say it's God's work. You know, some people would say it's love's work. You know, it doesn't matter how we characterize it. You know, bottom line, it's the work of connection. It's the work of presence. It's the work of intimacy. And we get to do that. And I think as leaders, we get to inspire people and encourage people to do that one person at a time in our lives. Absolutely. And one. it takes a certain level of courage too. Oh, enormous because, courage. Because I, you know, back in 2020, when um, we were in the, the, the beginning throes of the pandemic lockdown and George Floyd was murdered, I noticed a lot of leaders that I had looked up to and followed were eerily silent on the matter, not wanting to talk about it, wanting to bury their heads and conduct business as usual, not fully realizing or even checking in with how members of their community may be feeling, what they're fearing, what they're what they're experiencing in those moments. And, you know, we talk a lot about listening, but there was a certain tone deafness yes. that was very loud. there was a certain loudness to the tone deafness that just really hoped if we closed our eyes long enough it would all go away yeah and we can get back to business as usual making money doing it what what it is that whatever we do and that may have worked in the past 
in some situations, but you know, mother nature was giving us a huge seismic shift. Yes. And it, it really brought me to this, this quote, you know, we talk a lot about creating win-wins in situations of conflict. We talk about how to agree to disagree. And then I read this quote from James Baldwin. We can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. Oh. Amen. So with Amen. all the work that you do, what matters most to you, Judah? Oh. You know, I am someone who loves humanity. I have been a humanitarian, you know, it's someone who loves humanity, who has been a stand for our collective transformation, our collective evolution. I, I what matters most to me is that I, when I leave this world, I can leave this world with a clear, calm heart knowing that I lived into what I was called to come here and do, that in some way I left the world a better place than I found it, that in some way I made life a little bit better for, you know, my family and my loved ones, my granddaughter, my children, the people I had the opportunity to connect with and touch in my life, that I left a breadcrumb behind that could help people in their own journey to find their way to their own path. That's what matters most. Beautiful. Thank you. So how can folks get in touch with you, learn more about your work, your transformational work, your leadership work, get your book, all the good stuff. Yes. Okay. Well, they can go to my website, judithrich.com. They can listen to my podcast, the new beyond available on, you know, all the different podcast platforms. They can get the book available on Amazon, Beyond the Box. Um, Yeah, those are probably the primary ways. They can find me on Facebook. I'm not huge on social media. I'm I'm not on LinkedIn, Instagram, and all the places. You know, it's just like, nope, not for me. Okay. (laughs) So we'll find you on Facebook and on your website, judithrich.com. So Judith, thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Eva. And I really feel honored to have experienced it personally and to get to know you personally. I think I shared with you on break, like I used to be scared of you, but like you're just a sweetie pie, (laughs) (laughs) but a great leader. And you, she takes a powerful stand for you guys. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and thank you for sharing the work that you do in the world with our listeners too, because I know we can all use this transformational leadership work because we have to, we have no other choice. And to our listeners today, thank you for choosing to listen to the show today. I'm really grateful that you listen, that you're finding something for yourselves in the show. And I want to invite you back next week to continue to listen. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a really juicy show next week. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So you have to tune in to find out. And as usual, I want to leave you with a quote. And this one is from Leo Tolstoy from War and Peace. The two most powerful warriors are patience 
and time. So until next time, bye for now, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. We hope we've been able to inspire you with today's show to take control of your own life and focus on the win. What's important now? Until we talk again, have a beautiful week. Music.